Welcome to Life Science Marketing Radio, the podcast where marketing leaders inside and outside the sciences share their creative ideas and practical approaches to increasing your marketing ROI. Here's your host, Chris Connor. Happy New Year, everyone. I'm excited to be back. I hope you had a great holiday break. I've spent the last month or so refining my goals for this year. The short version is this. I'm going to expand my content well beyond marketing, but I think a lot of it will still be very relevant to marketers in any case. And I'm going to post content on this podcast and maybe another one more frequently. I'm very curious about how AI, machine learning, blockchain, Web3, and other technologies are going to impact life sciences, whether that's in research or marketing or any other business function. I may be a little bit late to the game, but as you know, uh, they say the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, and the second best time is today. So I'm going to plant that tree today. I have seven interviews, mostly marketing-related, in the can to start this year. But if there are topics you want covered or people I should talk to, shoot me an email, chris at lifesciencemarketingradio.com. I'll share more details soon. Now, let's jump into my conversation about personal branding with Jennifer Andrews. Jennifer Andrews is the founder and chief marketing strategist at Fresh Leaf Marketing in Ontario, Canada. Jennifer, welcome. Thank you so much. It's really awesome to be here. I feel like a celebrity. (laughs) (laughs) You're about to be. You are, I should say. You already are. You may be the first Canadian on the show. I've been trying to think. I can't believe I've done this many episodes. I'm not sure. Wow. But I, nothing's jumping out at me. So. That would be so cool. I'm A so glad. international flavor. Yay. <laughs> right on. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your business. And, and I'm curious, what's behind the name about Fresh Leaf Marketing? Yeah. So my business, I launched it three years ago now. So the name is when I started doing the work and thinking, okay, I want to leave corporate. I was a marketing director for a long time at a CRO, which is awesome. But I was thinking, okay, I'm ready to take the next step and help more companies in my space. I also come from science. I have a background in biology, master's in nutrition, and then I went into corporate, did science for a while, then transitioned to marketing. So around the time I actually went to launch my business, I was thinking, I really, what I like to help companies with is turning over like a new leaf or a new fresh page. So I just was workshopping that idea and I thought, okay, fresh leaf, like, I help companies refresh their branding, freshen up a, up a website, for example. So my business is like a full stack, small agency. I don't even want to call it an agency, but I'm a marketing consultant. I'm building a small team and I serve exclusively the life sciences sector. That's the reasoning behind the name of my business. Nice. All right. So today we're going to talk about refreshing your personal brand, not yours, everybody listening. So... <laughs> particularly for scientists. So this is something I hadn't really hadn't come across before, but talk about why personal branding is important for scientists. Yeah, for sure. So I'll start off by saying, so that just the concept of personal branding overall is something you maybe, or at least I do tend to think of for like celebrities or they have a strong personal brand, like Kim Kardashian, uh, 
Elon Musk, Bill Gates, whoever, the actors, athletes, and so on. But you can ask the question, like, when you think about these people, oh, that's a really, let's say they endorse a product or they do a sponsorship or something like that. You can quickly think, okay, that's really on brand for that person. Like we just intuitively know that Kim Kardashian's whatever fragrance that comes out and fashion and all that kind of stuff. So what they've done is develop this consistent presence that you become, like they've become known for a certain thing, whatever it is. And they consistently put this sort of persona out there over time. So what does this have to do with scientists? So what I've seen working, so I work exclusively with scientists. I used to be one. We tend to forget that there is a lot of, like you have to put out a message about yourself to get to get noticed. And why this is important for scientists is that it comes down to the no like, and trust factor. I'm sure people, your listeners might've heard this before, but if you can become known for something, so again, like all of your listeners are an expert in something, right? Whatever it may be, their narrow field, they're an expert. So becoming known for this expertise and then being able to put that out, building that trust over time and then having that likability, it all works together and it has a lot of benefits in the sciences, even though to us, I like I'm interested in science, obviously, but maybe our industry can be a little bit boring at times. So personal branding is a really good way to connect I guess like what your expertise is with the market, because there's somebody out there, whatever narrow field you're in or what you do, somebody out there needs what you offer and your thought leadership, really. So that's what I would say to that. I've seen a lot of this in the last few years, certainly not when I was in the lab, probably, but when I was in the lab, your personal brand was either I saw you give a talk or I read your paper and that was it. (laughs) But now with Twitter and other social things, I see a lot of scientists who are trying to become science communicators, but known for an area, which certainly must help them. It helps their institution and so on. And it's that sort of finding what you're unique at, like your uniqueness and finding a way to get that. So it's almost like you'll see people becoming the so the expert nutritional science or you know, even more narrow than that, actually the expert in like DNA extraction or whatever it is, you'll start seeing these people pop up. And and what you'll notice too, is if you've never thought about the personal branding concept before, is you start seeing these people do having, using a consistent color palette in their images on LinkedIn, different things like that. And you're a lot of scientists I work with anyway, they think like, why are these people doing this? What's it all for? How do you do it? So that's why I want to bring this conversation to your listeners, because I promise you anyone listening has that unique factor and that differentiate how you differentiate and somebody wants it, whether you're working for a company or not. All right. So I'm hoping you're going to tell us how we get there. At the end, I am going to ask you about the color palette. (laughs) And I I think I understand where you're going with that, but... Um, It got my attention when you mentioned it before. What are the opportunities for scientists who have a, maybe we've covered this, but talk a little bit more about that with a strong personal brand. What does it get for them? Yeah, for sure. So like I said, just a minute ago, it's not, you don't just have to be an entrepreneur or business owner. You can work at a company. So many of us work at a large organization, any size really in corporate or you know, startup, what it gets for you, maybe I'll use an example. So I'll use a fake example, just make up a industry. But let's say you are so pretend you're you work at a company, and you specialize in you analyze DNA for a living and you write reports on it, right? So companies will enlist your company to 
provide that service. So then you start becoming known for your work inside your company. Your colleagues know you're the go-to person for that. And then you start maybe thinking, I can get this message out there a little more. Maybe I'll post an article, maybe my thoughts on LinkedIn, or maybe I'll pitch an article to all of our trade associations. They're all looking for content. And then you start finding that for this fake person, just getting known a little bit more, maybe do some networking and then opportunities start coming to them. Like they may have opportunity for advancement in their role at their company, maybe go into management or higher compensation because that person is putting themselves out there and attracting. So it's not just attracting um, others to the person and their work. It's attracting new clients to the company. So then suddenly the company is thinking, okay, this is useful for us. Why not go and do a keynote, right? Like a keynote or get even the media. So you can see how this can slowly build as being beneficial, both for the scientist as well as the organization. I'll just tell you a couple other benefits is just a career. If you're entry level career growth or looking for a job, you can find something you're unique at, put that brand out there and become found by HR professionals. And if you're a business owner, like how I mentioned, I'm a consultant, it starts ending up that you're more referable for what you do. So people, you'll become, oh, the person for this. And what that does is attract higher level and top tier paying clients to you. So there's so many benefits to it that if you can just unlock it for yourself, I think it's a really wonderful journey for any scientist to take on. Yeah, there's a halo around it, as you mentioned, for your company or whoever you're working for. And then I, I like what you said about being more referable. Like you become known as you said a few times, the go to, right? Yeah. You everybody's goal should be the go to for their thing. So you must get some knowing some, a few scientists, <laughs> you must get some resistance to the idea. What kind of objections do you get? Okay, so the biggest one, it's almost wrapped up in ego a little bit. Everybody has it, but it's that, okay, well, I'm the leader in this space. Certainly I can become known for my work. Like, why do I need this polished facade? It's fluffy. It's, you know, cheesy. It's only for people on TikTok, like knowing that kind of attitude. So it's dismissive. But so what I would say to that is, yes, in your own right, you are the expert. You've earned that, but no one will know about you or what you bring unless you have to actively tell people and how do you do that through personal branding, through that consistent message to an audience. Other objections are just funny. What if I work in a boring industry? Like my, let's say your industry is, and in the life sciences, it's not always the most buzzworthy. Maybe you're just at an organization, it's needed, but it's not, doesn't have that flash. So people might think, what would I even talk about in my communications? But to that, I also would push back at and say, being in a quote unquote boring industry, it's actually, there's an opportunity to stand out further. If everybody doing the same boring old posts or not posting at all or not publicizing themselves, you can really stand out in that space. I would say quicker and easier than something that's very flashy. And then another example too is, I already mentioned being entry level and working at a company, but the other big thing I'm sure your listeners, many would relate is that you might not be exactly comfortable with visibility. Like I know I'm an introvert, so I've done a lot of work on putting myself out there. So you don't have to be like this major extrovert to, to do it. So that's a major block I hear from people, but there are ways to do it and get comfortable with it. And yeah, there are so many benefits, like I mentioned. So I do encourage people to push back against those blocks. Yeah. 
Yeah. You, people might be surprised to know that many, I don't know if most, podcast hosts are introverts. I have heard that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a more comfortable situation like this. One-on-one, -on -one, I'm talking to you. But if you put me in a crowd, I'm going to be in the back. Yeah. I'm the same. There's that. And then a couple other things you mentioned about being known and there's value, even if you are in your job, isn't particularly exciting or flashy, but if there's something about science or anything else you like being good at communicating it and being known as the person who really loves X, Y, Z one, you might get a more interesting job, mm -hmm. but two, just being known as a good communicator of something probably scientific is hugely valuable. You know, oh, incredibly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I realize it's getting on YouTube or TikTok isn't for everybody, and that's not necessarily what we're talking about, but that's an extreme example. But getting good and being known for something is, is valuable. And the world today is very different. There was no video calling when I went to school, so it wasn't even an option. So my comp we already talked about this. My company has a brand. Why do I need one? But yeah. <laughs> That's a great question. And I guess going back, if you think about just the life sciences space overall or any industry, really, like you mentioned, things are changing. So today I would look at it as, so maybe long ago, it would have been you work for a company or under their banner. Everyone's happy. That's fine. But increasingly, and especially with the pandemic, people reevaluating what they want to do with their career, maybe exploring different options outside of corporate. So increasingly it's thinking about yourself at, so i guess in a scientific space a company's greatest asset actually is their people not everyone's comfortable separating that but today i would say to separate yourself and you can do it in a way that it doesn't you know go against your company's policies many have social media policies but i think there's room to work within that framework and just adopt your own personal brand inside your company because that can work if you do it properly and you, you get to take your personal brand with you when you go to the next one. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Not everybody is a lifer at a company. So without you as your own self, as your brand, it's, yeah, what else do you have? So then you have to start from scratch for sure. If you're a lifer, send me an email. I want to know who's still. I know a few people. <laughs> My brother's worked in the same place for about 50 years. Wow. All right. So let's go through this process. What goes into the strategy part of figuring out what my personal brand is? Yeah, for sure. So there are three steps to this. So I'll just say the steps first and then I'll start with the strategy. So step one is have a strategy. Step two is define your personal brand. And then step three is use media to amplify your message. So we'll keep those in mind. So step one is having a strategy because you can think one day, well, I want to talk about this in my communications. I want to focus on that. But people who see all of your sort of marketing touch points, they'll get, they can get confused about what you even do. So that doesn't, that's the opposite of personal branding. That's just random communications. It does nothing for you. So what I've done, I've mentored people through this process and I did it myself when I first launched my business was finding your why. So a lot of people might've heard this, but in the sciences, I thinking about what type of work makes you fulfilled. What do you want to do with your life? And that why statement, I always say, write it down in a statement can be, is really the foundation of what your brand is based on your personal brand. So to do this, yeah, I guess they say to think back at what were you passionate about, your hobbies as a kid? What did you go to school for? What do you like doing your skills and whatnot? So 
for me, this was, I thought back, okay, I like, I love nature as a kid. I collected bugs. I was obsessed with fungi, just all that kind of nerdy stuff. But I also loved art, like painting, magazines. I got majorly into design. So I was working through all this stuff. I looked back at my education, but then I started thinking, and here's a good tip for people listening. If you're doing this activity and that it's so, your why statement is so obvious that it's like saying the sky is blue. Like anyone who knows you could say that about you, then you're getting close. I forget where I heard that from. So I did this activity and I figured out, which I already mentioned, I won't talk too much about it, but um, finding uh, that I targeted life sciences and with marketing, with my science background to help them grow essentially. So for you and anyone looking to do this, find your why and then start to think about your strengths and and then your core values, stuff like that. Maybe you're into sustainability or whatever it may be. And once you have all of those, that thought process done, what you want to do is write a statement. So like I mentioned, mine was helping life science companies grow through strategic or full-scale marketing. So for anybody listening, you can do this activity and then that forms your strategy. So you might be wondering, okay, where do you go from this? That's like maybe a bit fluffy, but you take this and what you do is you come up with your core message. And this is your, I would encourage people to just choose one thing. What's the one thing you want to communicate about in the market? And then you commit to that one thing and it goes back to how you're unique, what you do, what your work is. And then you pick your topics from there. That's where the strategy piece anchor you can see how it would anchor everything because if your strategy is something completely or if you're posting about something completely off your strategy then like I said people get confused they won't know what you do and it really muddies the waters a little bit I like that it's funny um, how things pop up coincidentally I just read a blog post right before we got on this call and the author was talking about focus And he mentioned he was in Japan and he went to this coffee shop where they only make lattes. Nothing else. There's There's not this huge menu. There's no breakfast, tea, anything. It's just lattes. And he, he was describing how the culture there, there's a lot of that. And people don't feel like they have to do everything. And certainly that's how you get known for something. All right. So talking about myself is hard. Yeah. <laughs> Now what? Because that, that, it's yeah. hard for a lot of scientists. It's hard for you and I, but obviously mm-hmm. we've gotten over it. But <laughs> <laughs> help the rest of us. Yeah. So talking about yourself can be really uncomfortable, awkward. You don't know how to even do it. Like most of us coming. So we've gone to school for forever. We're talking about the subject matter, right? We're never, I don't think ever until my MBA, never had to talk about this is who I am. This is what I'm good at. No one likes to necessarily always say I'm good at this, even though they are. And But getting over it is just, and this brings us to step two, really. So just to go in order is defining your, like I mentioned, your message, but then getting used to using, being comfortable in the media. So when you're defining your brand, you have to think about, you have to remember that about yourself, your personality. If you're more shy or introverted, um, getting, just getting used to talking about things without being afraid of being judged like a lot of us will think what if I post this thing and people will they'll notice a spelling mistake or I I must not have sounded so smart no people surprisingly don't care they care about themselves 
So it's this whole kind of paradox. Yeah, they're not paying as much attention to you as you think. <laughs> exactly. So, At least in any one little slice. Yeah. Exactly. So what you would want to do is forget that perfectionism, that fear of people judging you and whatnot, and just try. Just put things out there. But I do want to tie this to step two, because once you're, you've done the strategy, step two is defining your personal brand. And this involves coming up with your identity. So this will help you get comfortable. Um, your identity. So that's your visuals, having a headshot, consistent design and stuff. I talked about the having a focused message. So that alone, just having those committed to and almost, I always say, write this stuff can help people know what framework to work within to get themselves out there. So it removes that oh, this is weird. It's like having a plan like anything else. It's like having a business plan, but for your personal brand. So inside that definition, yeah, like I mentioned, visuals, tone of voice. So get, I would encourage people to get clear on your tone of voice. Like if you're, let's say you're naturally funny and witty, like I'm not like that. So I wouldn't go and do like random jokes in my LinkedIn posts, for example. But if you can find and define that for yourself and be authentic to you, that removes a lot of that awkwardness um, from putting yourself out there. And then, yeah, coming up with the topics that you'll talk about, which tie back to your message always, because you're consistently talking about the same things over and over. Yeah, and that's really what I would say to that. Yeah. Yeah, I think going back to that thing, it's come up a few times in different contexts. Every marketer should have a message and they should be, you want to be recognized when your post comes through a feed or whatever that the colors or the tone are the same so people know what to expect and there will be people who aren't interested in that you want that just as much right you want to be known to the people who you want to work with and who want to work with you and then but going back to the other thing about people not paying attention like i always tell people if you start a podcast or you start making videos the good news is when you're starting out and you're bad at it, no one's paying attention <laughs> and you get better and then they start to pay attention. So you don't, so you're not like poisoning the whole environment by putting out a bad video. You're going to learn the three people that saw it. One of whom is your mom. is going to love you anyway and then move on. That's so true. I actually did an Instagram live event where I talked to another marketer so this exact thing happened to what you just said. I saw, and you can see people who join. So we're talking about marketing and I could see my aunt comes on. Then my mom, my dad, <laughs> and, then, and then my brother, my younger brother comes on. And so I finally said, oh, my looks like my whole family joined our lives. So I thought that was pretty funny. But yeah, and that, like you just said, it's I tried it. It was my first time and I don't know, it was fun. And if no one saw it, I have a video at the end. So yeah, good for you. All right, so talk about the color palette. Yeah. I was thinking about I need to have my colors done, but you probably have something else in mind. You have brand colors already. So here's what I, I tell people. Commit to, let's say you don't have a color palette. I would just find something that's in your audience that they would find. It stands out, it fits. So like mine's a dark green. It's Green's my favorite color anyway, but it obviously fits with fresh leaf. So find something that suits your sector. And the people you're targeting but and you can use by the way there's use this thing called coolers.co like c-o-l-o-r-s.co it's a color palette generator it's free so you can explore palettes and maybe pick one primary color one secondary but the whole point of why so who cares about color 
the point is when you put out your graphic images, your social media profile banner, like our LinkedIn, seeing these colors consistently. So you'll have a, a, an image where you have a stat on it or something, a paper you authored, you're going to infuse your color into all of these things. And by the way, you don't have to be a marketer to do this. There are free things out there. People might wonder, oh, how did that person make that really nice image? They probably use a free version of Canva. Everybody's using it now. I even moved actually over from Illustrator to Canva recently for certain things. And they have templates. What do you know? That you just choose a template, put in what you want to put in, type it in. It's very easy. And then you can put your colors onto that template. So then you can have a whole set of images that you can use. And again, it's that recognition, seeing that person, seeing the same colors over and over it subconsciously makes you remembered. So I think that's a really cool way to use color. Yeah, it's just a quick visual cue that helps people recognize when you're showing up and then they associate it with you and then, oh, I want to know what they have to say today. Exactly. Sounds good. Jennifer Andrews, I really appreciate you sharing all this with us. I think I know there are listeners of this show who will definitely appreciate it. Having a strategy is the big takeaway for me. What's my one thing? I am constantly needed to be reminded about that. What are we talking about? What are we trying to do? So I really appreciate that. So thank you very much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. So but before we go, though, I'm going to put a link to your LinkedIn profile and Fresh Leaf Marketing in the show notes. Definitely follow me on LinkedIn or connect if you want to. I'm also on Instagram if you do use that platform at Freshly Marketing. But no, thank you so much. This was really fun. And I guess my takeaway for everybody is put yourself out there, have fun with it, and you will see a benefit. I can promise you that. Nice. I've noticed that on LinkedIn, this topic of personal branding is somewhat controversial. And I understand why. We live in a culture, at least in the U.S., that is obsessed with celebrity and we know a little too much about a lot of people already. But think about this as cultivating your reputation in an active as opposed to a passive way. It's not about being a celebrity or showing off. It's about being recognized for your unique skills and getting noticed by the people who value those when they should be noticing you. As always, if you like this podcast, please tell your friends. And because of my expanded content plans, please consider subscribing to my newsletter. I'll put a link where you can do that in the show notes. Have a great 2022 and thanks for listening.